Hey guys, it's David Jengjong here for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. As you can probably tell from my voice, I'm not doing heaps well at the moment, but uh, obviously I want to get this up on time, so you're just going to have to deal with this voice for a couple of minutes. Today's guests are Japandroids. Uh, Japandroids are an incredible band from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. They're a two-piece. They put out their third album earlier this year called Near to the Wild Heart of Life. And in July, they toured Australia in support of it. I saw them twice on that tour. I saw them at the Factory Theatre. And I also saw them at the small ballroom in Newcastle where this interview takes place. Brian and Dave are really, really lovely people and really, really great performers. One of the best live bands in, in the world, in my humble opinion. And I can say that having now seen them seven times. But yeah, really, really enjoyed doing this one. And uh, I know a few people were very excited about this one happening. So I just wanted to, yeah, get this one out there today. Uh, hopefully the next time you hear me, I won't sound this fucked. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hope, fingers crossed. So I guess we'll see. But uh, in the meantime... Please uh, support this podcast any way you can. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can get involved on Patreon. I will do a Patreon read for the next episode. I'm just really not in a mood to be talking extensively today, so I'm going to keep it to a bare minimum. So, uh, in the meantime, please, please enjoy this episode. Tell your friends. Get behind it. I'm David James Young. All my friends are in bar bands, and my friends this week are Japandroids. and all my friends are in bar bands. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friends, Jeff Androids. Hi. Hi. Please introduce yourselves, friends. Uh, I'm Dave. I play drums in Japan Droids. And this is Brian. I play guitar in Japan Droids. It's Saturday night. We're in Newcastle and Japan Droids are back once again. They were away for three years and now they've been twice in 12 months. It's a, it's a good thing. I, I, I hope we're keeping this on a, on a regular basis from now on. Because we're without you for too, too long. We're really excited to be back here again. Yeah, hopefully we keep coming back. I had a funny conversation with our friend Mark last night where he was saying we need to be coming through more regularly because it's really depressing for him because him and his friends always take their shirts off. Yeah. So they're like, they're, they're watching their bodies age, I know who that is. You know, a, a little less gracefully. So if we come back <laughs> in 12 them. months, they can, you know, <laughs> won't be as soon. I know as that as exact group of people. Oh, good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is a it is a beautiful moment of bonding. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot of testosterone in the crowds, but it's usually a very like uh, it's like a very positive rowdiness rather than anything kind of violent or aggressive. Which yeah, is nice. yeah, yeah. Um, so I met you guys for the first time in uh, December last year when you guys were out here for it was Meredith and it was the Fairgrounds. and Fairgrounds as yeah. well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was the first time we'd seen you guys in in quite a few years. Like, how was how was that kind of uh, getting to play those songs live for the very first time? The new stuff as well, and like, yeah, kind of 
get the whole thing back in gear because you guys pretty much hit the ground as soon as it was announced you guys were back. Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, we, you know, while, while we were working on new material, writing and recording, we, we don't, in general, we don't like to tour. So I think we were both kind of itching to get back on the road once the record was finished. Mm. Uh, but those tours are always a little bit weird when, you know, the record's done and, uh, you know, you're really excited to show these new songs to people, but nobody's actually had a chance to hear them. Yeah. Yet, you know, so... Um, it's been a lot more fun this time around where, you know, people have had a bit of time to digest the record and, you know, we have that audience participation with all the new jams. Mm. Whereas in December, there was kind of these moments where people would be really into the songs they knew and then they'd sort of be this yeah, just like, studious okay. kind of head nodding. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, just learning, uh, yeah. they discovered yeah, the they're, they're trying to kind of, you know, they're <clears> soaking <throat> it all in, but yeah, it's kind of a different dynamic, obviously. Yeah, totally. I, think, I think also when you're, like at that time... We'd recorded the record, but mm. we are just learning how to play the new songs. Mm. I think the older songs are, we've always played them the same way, and because of how we wrote them and how we recorded them, it was sort of obvious how we we play them. We just go out there and we do it the same way that we recorded them. Mm. But these new ones, we kind of were trying to break away from that a bit. And there, I don't think there was, for most of them, one obvious way for us to to perform them so at that time there was a lot of like I guess yeah and uncertainty yeah. is like how do we pull this off how do we yeah, yeah, yeah. how do we recreate this sound what do we what do we really want live or what do we feel is not necessary or how do we make a powerful version of this song live yeah and, yeah yeah and we've been I mean we're still actually figuring that out on a, a lot of our songs we played one song off our record for the very first time last night oh yeah yeah that yeah we've never played before and uh, some friends of ours in in in, in Sydney, it's their favorite song, and they complained a lot that we didn't play it last over here, and it kind of seemed like it was a good excuse to like try and figure out something to, to do, so the process is still kind of ongoing. And I think for someone who's seen us, you know, um, back before the record came out, yeah. and now a little while after it comes out, and mm. then hopefully maybe like, you know, six months, a year, or some, somewhere later, um, mm. you'll sort of see that evolution occur where you know some of the older songs you know might not change that much from yeah. the show but I think some of these new ones, the newer ones will, will yeah. really change hopefully for the better yeah so. guess we'll say yeah. <laughs> uh, so I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music specifically where it changed from being something that you were maybe watching on MTV or listening to on the radio or whatever have you to being something that you had decided, this is what I want to do. I want to play music, I want to sing, I want to be in a band, whatever. Yeah, uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Uh, tell us how music kind of factored into your childhood and if there was any kind of particular switch-on moment where you realised this is what you wanted to be doing. I mean, so I started playing drums pretty late. I was 19 or 20 when I started playing drums. Yeah, right. You know, I took music lessons when I was a kid and I took like guitar class in high school and stuff like that, but yeah, I right. it never really seemed like something I was going to pursue with any sort of seriousness. Mm. And then Brian and I met when we were in university in Victoria and me and him and a few other people started going to lots and lots of shows. You know, we were of age to get into the bars for all the bar shows and mm. you know I think for me it was when I started seeing bands that were like in the local scene in Victoria it just felt a lot more tangible you know and there were these bands that really spoke to me but they were people who you could like bump, in, bump into at a coffee shop or like see on the bus you yeah, know they sure, like sure, these sure. big shots that you only see on TV or on the radio or something like that yeah um, that just made it a lot more tangible and that's you know I saw Atlas Strategic play in like April 2002 and I started renting a drum kit that summer I think yeah, right. So that was it. Like, I want to start playing bands. Yeah, yeah. wow. Okay. So I just kind of started 
rolling from there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. sure. What about you, Brian? I mean, I was into music pretty young. Uh, my parents were really into music, so I started listening to music at a pretty young age. And we were, I was kind of, when I, I grew up with a group of people who all had older brothers. Okay. So you inherit a lot of, you know, small yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, you know, whatever your older brother's listening to is kind of cool and you inherit a lot of that stuff. So I was really into music and playing music quite, quite young. I learned how to play guitar quite, quite I was taking lessons in elementary school, I guess, yeah, to, right. to, to play guitar. And I'm from a small town, so there's no, there's no such thing as, at least at that time, there was no local scene. Mm. You're very cut off from like, you know, the, the world of touring bands yeah. or local music. You, you know music mostly from like the big shots that you see on TV or mm-hmm. on radio and that you are in magazines or something like that so I think I grew up always uh, you know that was my dream to, to be in a band like the bands I, I liked but mm. when you're from a small town like I am that uh, like nobody's in bands yeah like uh, nobody goes on to be in bands that's it's not a very realistic dream yeah you know it was always something that I really wanted to do and was really passionate about and you know I used to pretend I was a rock star you know 25 years before I yeah. pseudo became one yeah. so you know I ended up just you know sucking it up and yeah. doing well in school and going yeah. to university and just you know kind of assuming that it would be a passion you know on the side and maybe yeah. I'd end up playing in a band for fun or maybe, yeah. maybe I'd just end up learning playing guitar in my room by myself yeah. but, you know uh, and then you know, I met, like Dave was saying, we met at this time and that was a, it was a critical junction for both of us because that, like Dave was saying, that idea of like, of seeing local music kind of, it kind of was like, okay, I'm, I never imagined I could be in Guns N' Roses or Metallica mm. or Nirvana or something like that, but those guys, I, maybe I could be that. Mm. And it kind of like just sort of kind of steamrolled from there. And I think yeah. what the really interesting thing from those early days is what happens is that you know, when you idolize bands and you and you watch performances and you get really into music, you imagine that being you and you imagine yeah. yourself up there and you, like, rehearse for it, you know, at home or in your head or things like that. And yeah. you really don't have any idea what it's actually like until basically you play your first show or your early shows where you actually have to get up on stage yeah. and perform. Jamming together and making music is, is, is really easy and really fun. You know, like we used to buy a six pack of beer and just you know go jam and not even try and write songs we just used to jam nothing like whatever sounded yeah. cool for however long where did That's, you guys grow up in relation to one another uh, so yeah so we met at, at the uh, University of Victoria yeah and Brian grew up in a town called Nanaimo which is about an hour an hour and a half from Victoria right okay. and then I grew up in Vancouver which is on the mainland and Victoria's on Vancouver. Yeah, Island. there's there's a very so, big island off the west coast of Canada. Okay. So Vancouver, yeah. the city of Vancouver is not on Vancouver Island, but hmm. where he's from is and where we went to university is. So yeah, like, right. so yeah, so like I, I grew up in kind of like the by that by our region standards, like the big city basically. Yeah. And yeah. then went to a smaller kind of college town yeah. to go to university. Right. And that's where we, we met. Right. But there's yeah. this thing that happens when you get on stage where you actually, you, you never, you never understand leading up into that moment what it's like to be someone who performs in front of other people. Yeah. And I, I remember actually very clearly thinking that, as some of our early shows and 
some of the big performances we had like in the first maybe year or two and I'm talking playing for 10 or 20 people and mm. not like a big show or anything like that like thinking or maybe realizing that like perhaps you weren't born to do this like like finding out in real time that like not cut out for it yeah or, or just the, the idea of like I don't enjoy like being like in front of people you seize up you're, you realize in that moment you're not actually born to stand up in front of a bunch of people and yeah. and, 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 and not just perform but you know, most of the bands that we, or certainly most of the bands that I liked when I was growing up, had a lot of swagger. They looked yeah. like they were born to be up there. That's like where they belong. You know? yeah. They don't look nervous. They you know, <laughs> they look like they know what they're doing. And yeah, they totally, totally. Things, so yeah. Um, so it's a a long kind of strange and winding path. Yeah, yeah. The flip side of that being though is that like, you know, it's pretty wild how like exhilarating. Uh, and exciting it was to play at like some shitty coffee shop for like yeah. ten people, you know. It's like, when you shit, first started out, you yeah, know, we're I mean, actually doing like, this. you know, it's like terrifying, you know, getting up and playing like some bullshit open mic or something. Like yeah, that, you know, when you're first starting out, and, and uh, yeah, you know, so so on that side, like, I mean, it definitely didn't fill me with feelings like. Those initial shows didn't make me think like, oh yeah, I'm going to be like a rock star. Or something. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but it was like a pretty pretty exciting you know thing even just getting up on any stage and playing for any small <laughs> group of people yeah yeah so you guys are the third Canadian act I've had on the podcast uh, we've had Pop on previously and uh, the Dirty Nil as well and that was kind of an across the board thing of them talking about like I guess you know that small town mindset and like you kind of bandy together very closely with the people who have the very same specific interests as you. Like, you know, there's only a handful of you, but you all kind of, like, clamber together. Like, was that what it was like for you guys, where it's just, like, you know, you were the only guys into, like, this kind of music or that kind of band, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? I mean, I don't know if we really were in retrospect, but I think it kind of felt that way to yeah, some sure. extent. You know, like, I think there was sort of a small group of us who all liked going to the same shows and everything, and I think there was a pretty like tight bond that kind of formed around that, and yeah. a lot of our, you know, I mean, our friendship certainly was based on music, you know. Mm. Pretty, pretty. I would say out that. of all these people that we knew around that time, like the the early days, where because we were sort of playing in a bunch of, there were like the there was kind of a group of us, say, ten or fifteen of us, and we we had four or five bands between all these these people. So yeah, yeah. Kind of had like this big group of friends, and we played in. They would play in two bands, and I kind of played in three bands, and we all played together, and yeah, we were all yeah, kind yeah. of friends together. Splitting you know. a jam space, you know, mm, between mm, a group of ten of you or whatever. And I would, so I would say that all those people were really passionate about music. All those people were really into the idea of, of being in a local band mm-hmm. and writing and like starting to write your own music. But I would say, out of all those people, we were more. I think our music tastes in terms of what we listened to and what the music we wanted to make like as a band probably aligned the most out of everyone's I think that's probably true so yeah I think sure. we were you know but I think we were the two people who just took it the most seriously sure. we were, we were the too. most driven yeah, I think yeah like, yeah, yeah, driven yeah. Is the right word. yeah like sure. when, when we yeah. got together and had our band we were we seemed to be we seemed to be working kind of like little bit more, a little bit harder than everyone more else. More focused. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> right. Do you guys remember the first time that you played live? Did you, I'm assuming you were playing in bands and stuff before Japan Droids. I had moved back to Vancouver mm. and Brian finished his degree at UVic, Victoria, the University of Victoria. Yes. He moved to Vancouver in what, like 2005? Mm. 
April of 2005 because the day after I moved to Vancouver we left for Coachella yeah we flew a trip to Coachella so you were playing Coachella no, no, we just, no, 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 we just drove down, drove down from a group of yeah. a group of us from Vancouver, drove down to yeah. to see it. This was it. It was that's a, a heck of a that's a heck of a drive. Though. Yeah, yeah we drove straight. It was like 24, 24 hours. Four hours straight driving. Oh. Yeah. yeah, but there was like six of us or something, <laughs> all taking turns, smoking cigarettes, drinking Red Bull, powering through. But yeah, so you moved. Yeah, you moved April two thousand five, hmm. and we were already jamming. Probably within a year of that, I would think. Yeah, because the first show, well, we played our first show April two thousand. We were already we were jamming. Yes, the first time you we and I played. were jamming together when I still lived at the house with Robbie and his sisters. So that's yeah. So I mean, it's one of those weird things where it seemed like Japan Droids came after, mm. but like all these bands were started within a few months of each other. Yeah, yeah it's like by the around. time Brian moved to like because that basically you started your first bands basically as soon as you moved to Vancouver. And I had just started playing in another band right before that. So, like, there was, like, a year, not even a year period, where, like, we were playing in other bands and then Japan Droids. And then for a while, while Japan Droids was happening, we were still both playing other stuff with friends, but then yeah. very quickly all that stuff kind of, you know, evaporated and then Japan Droids kind of started consuming yeah. last band's day. Yeah. <laughs> what was the first band that you played with? What was the first time you played live? The first time I played live... Uh, was playing drums for my friend Scott uh, and we played this coffee shop in Burnaby which is a suburb of Vancouver uh, <laughs> called Miles of Beans nice and there was like I don't know five friends there maybe <laughs> and I'm sure we were just like god awful yeah that's I don't, I don't really remember much about I remember smoking cigarettes nervously outside even though there was like <laughs> and then feeling like a million dollars after the game. You know, hey. You know, yeah. Can you top that, Brian? I guess I'm, I'm trying to think. It must have been a purple crab with. Uh, yeah, it must have Yeah, so this place, there was this place in Vancouver called the Purple Crab. Mm-hmm. Which is just a, a kind of a bar, restaurant, I guess. And for some reason, somebody knew someone there and they would let. Uh, we, our band Scott and I found it because we lived down the road. Yeah, there, and so. for some and for some reason they were like they would let us put on shows there Maybe during the week. I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, you just get the door, uh, and it would be like you know the ten to thirty friends that we could get to come out to the shows. But it would give us a chance to play on a stage, yeah. like and kind of you know. You were playing guitar? Yeah, I was playing guitar. This was a very... This wasn't a band. This was a four-piece. So I was just playing guitar. Okay. And, um... There's a different guy singing. A friend of ours was, like, a singer and guitarist and kind of a songwriter, and we were playing his his stuff, and it was kind of like a... It's like, more of a pop band. It's kind of, like, more... More, Strokes-y, like... Strokesy. Yeah. or okay. even, like, Phoenix or something like yeah, that. Right. Like, okay. Um, very poppy, really catchy stuff. Yeah. He's a very talented guy. Yeah. And so he he's a good guy to, like, kind of play with when you're first starting off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and at that time, I'd never written a song before, so you're playing with someone who's like, I have songs, which seems very, like, wow, like, mm. your songs. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was, that Purple Crab was a weird place, because, like, nobody, like, bands didn't play there, you know? Yeah, right. But it oh, just became this weird, but it came this, like, weird spot that became our spot for, like, a small period of time. So it closed pretty soon after, like, but there's, like, probably, like, maybe a year period of time where, like, 
we were putting on shows. Yeah, it was like our there. Friend, like different configurations of friends bands. Yeah, I just remember the first time that I played there was Scott's band. I think we got some kind of a tab, and I just remember we drank the whole tab and then owed a bunch of money at the bar, and we owed more than we had earned <laughs> off the door, like by far. Like, so it cost, we basically cost us money. Like, <laughs> so we're charging like $3 to get in or something oh, like that. You know, like, amazing. Sort of you mentioned like year, pretty much a year after you guys started jamming that, that first show as Japan Droids. Was it called Japan Droids at that point, or...? We were Japan Roots by our second show. So what was the first show? It's called Allies. Allies, okay. Yeah. But I don't know if that was really... Well, it must have been announced, I guess. That first show was pretty... Was it a party? Yeah. Right, like our show. Yeah. It was like... It was our show, but like I had this apartment... It's like this really crappy apartment building. And there's a sushi restaurant on the bottom. And then there's a three-story apartment. So the second floor of the apartment building had, a, had one giant apartment and then there's two apartments on the top floor mm. so I had one of the apartments on the top floor with my friend Scott the guy I was playing bass with and there was like this trap door and a ladder where you could get up onto the roof and it was like right. a big square building yeah uh, so we we set up all our gear on the roof and and, and played a played like a party on the roof we used to have these parties where I, like looking back now I don't know how somebody didn't die so <laughs> everybody's drinking there's like no barrier or anything everybody's just drinking on the roof of this apartment building but we, yeah we, so we set up so like Scott's been played me playing drums and then Ryan and I played after that we played like four songs instrumental instrumental oh really yeah so I haven't even like written lyrics or anything of that no we were still trying to find a singer because yeah, right. at that time we were we we imagined the band as a three piece, sort of in the vein of yeah yeah yeah's drums, oh, guitars, okay. and a singer. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we were kind of like searching for a singer, but we had these songs, and we kind of recorded a demo, an instrumental demo, with the idea of finding someone to sing over top of them. Right. And event that didn't really work out. Eventually, we gave up and decided we were going to sing ourselves, and then those instrumental songs became the the basis for our first. Yeah, right. And we, because we were called Allies beforehand, mm. we called the EP All Lies. That's what you did there. Very good, very good. Um, so, yeah, kind of expanding out from there, like, when did things kind of start getting a bit of momentum? Like, do you remember, like, touring for the first time? Was it, again, kind of a kind of a DIY thing where you just play wherever anyone would have you? We did that for a while, not touring, but we did that in Vancouver. Yeah, for yeah, several yeah. years we just played in Vancouver, kind of wherever we could, mm. whenever we could get a show. We were kind of up, we were pretty much up for playing anywhere, any night of the week if it was a chance to play. So yeah, sure. Know. And then I started, I started like booking like small runs for us. Like I worked out like a show swap with the Seattle band so that we could go down and play Seattle, and they'd set up a show for us, and then I set up a show for them to play with us in Vancouver. Cool. Then, how, like, how I far away is Seattle for context? It's only three hours. Okay, yeah. But it's really dodgy playing there before you're like a like a like a real band because you, you should be playing with a visa. So like, yeah, right. We went down there a couple times where you basically just like you you would go down without any equipment and you just mm. borrow stuff on the other side. And just, I mean, you're not really doing anything illegal because it's not like you're making money at that point. Obviously, yeah. But that's that's the idea, right? Is that right, they're worried yeah. about you like. Illegally, That's a good like working illegally yeah. in, in America, basically. 
Uh, so we we did that a couple times. We played a couple shows in Seattle. And then we did like Calgary and Edmonton, which are sort of the next biggest cities close to Vancouver, but mm. they're like a solid ten hour drive um, from Vancouver. Each one of them, so they're pretty close to each other, but it's like yeah, it's a long haul. So that's the thing. Like you're just pretty isolated in Vancouver. Yeah, and that's all we really did it was like really small regional stuff. We got into we started like applying for different festivals and. We got into a couple festivals. We got into CMJ, which yeah. was crazy because we were like totally, you know, we didn't have a label or anything. We yeah. released two EPs on our own, self-released. We were doing stuff like we, like, I worked at a radio station, a college radio station for a long time. So like, I kind of knew like a little bit about how to do like a mail out and stuff. So we started organizing mail outs where we would mail stuff out to all the college radio stations and labels and like, just trying to figure out basically like how. Yeah. And not really knowing what we're doing, but trying to figure out how to kind of do that whole thing. So we'd like mail shit out everywhere. And then we got into CMJ, we got into Pop Montreal. And then everything basically that happened for the band can kind of be traced back to this one show we played at Pop Montreal. Okay. Because that's kind of where, like, like nobody was at the, this show that we played at Mont- Montreal, but one person who played an important role, I guess maybe two people who played an important role in the early days of the band. We're both there. Right. This guy named Greg It, who put out Post Nothing originally in Canada on his, he had a small label called yeah. Familiar Records. Yep. So he was at the show. And then this guy named Stu Berman, who's, uh, he used to write for um, a really quite a popular, like, weekly arts paper in Toronto. Okay. And he also is a contributor to Pitchfork. Right. And does tons of reviews for Pitchfork. So he saw us. He was at the show, too. I don't like, I mean, there was like, 20 people there maybe counting counting like the bands yeah. playing, you know like there's nobody there uh, but those guys had come because they knew like a sort of a friend of a friend kind of weird thing and like everything kind of happened from there where like all of a sudden a label of any sort had interest in putting out this full length record post nothing which was done yeah um, which was basically ready to go and we were going to self release it again uh, and then Stu wrote about us in, uh, what was it called, the Weekly, and then he he sent the record to Pitchfork, because he got it through Greg. Yeah, right. He sent it to Pitchfork, and then like we got a MySpace message from uh, a dude at Pitchfork, and was like, hey, can I post Young Heart Spark Fire on this website? It's called Pitchfork. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> it's like, oh, MySpace, hi, MySpace message, you know? God damn. This was a long time ago. So, yeah. <laughs> I figured as much. I, I can't imagine we've been getting a MySpace message in the last couple of years. Well, maybe we have been. <laughs> Just catch that looking. Oh yeah. shit! Oh, yeah. Look at this inbox. It's so rude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so forgive the lateness of my reply. Yeah. In regards to your MySpace message yeah. from December 2011. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, like you said, like it kind of things kind of started building momentum really, really quickly. Like. And it's, it's kind of a dumb thing to think, but like, you know, you were talking about like bearing any sort of resemblance to like a rock star or anything like that. But like, did you ever kind of have that moment like it, like in those, that first like proper tour and supportive post nothing? Was there any kind of like, fuck, we've actually, we've done it. You're like, or like we've made it kind of. Or, was there anything where you were just like, I can't believe this is happening, you know? Um, I mean, yes and no. Because mm. I think in those days you... 
Everything that happened was very exciting. Like going on tour for the first time was very exciting. Playing a music festival for the first time, playing with another popular band that you you know that you like, that you know, getting to open for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of these were brand new experiences and were were very exciting. But the flip side of that was that right at sort of the moment when the most kind of positive news we'd ever received for the band started kind of rolling in was uh, Brian was in the hospital so yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you yeah so this had the very first tour supporting the album uh, we were doing like I don't know 25 dates or something like that and yeah. we played the first show in Calgary and uh, Brian Brian had the, what's called a perforated ulcer so uh, right. He needed to, so like the morning after the show, he was in, in a lot of pain and was just like, I think I need to see a doctor go to the hospital or something, something's wrong. So I drove him to the hospital and then very quickly, they, they well not that quickly at first, they took forever actually. To make a long story a short. Long story short, sorry, tour canceled, emergency surgery. Brutal. So, yeah. so there was this weird time where all this stuff was happening with the band really fast. Like There's online, nothing you could do like, like the, the band was spreading online, the music was spreading online, and it yeah. was yeah. word was getting out, and all this buzz was building. But we canceled our entire tour; we couldn't play shows, mm. and so we kind of were like, while the band was taking off in one way, like the whole thing was on pause mm. for us. And then eventually, I got better, and we started kind of touring, and it sort of um, we were lucky that it, you know. People were still interested by yeah, the time we were able yeah. to start playing again. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's just sort of been like this slow and steady climb. Whenever there's often these times where you you read things like Japan Droids, you know, like on this record, there's all these things that Todd say from Japan Droids, meteoric rise to success and all this, <laughs> and I'm sort of like. So I've been a band for 11 years, and yeah, I'm not yeah, sure yeah. what's meteoric about that. So. <laughs> Maybe, maybe a really slow media or something you know, like one that. One of the yeah. band that comes around and is you know playing arenas in two years or something, that's pretty media. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, we feel like we've kind of just been on this slow and steady trend, I guess, sure. for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Kind of hitting now the... Kind of hitting like almost every way you can be in a band along the way. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, by that same token, though, like the, the Celebration Rock Tour is kind of... A thing like that's kind of been built up to like mythical proportions now. What was it like? It was two hundred and twenty or two hundred and thirty shows or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it kind of depends where you start counting, I guess. <laughs> um, it was a lot of shows. Yeah, and by the end of that, obviously, like that—that that was you know kind of one of the most brutal un- like undertakings because like you guys kind of took this record and pretty much just drove it directly like not not so much in the ground but like as far as you could possibly take it yeah. you know like to, to the point where you know you had to like take at least like a year or two away from you know any kind of performance or anything to really kind of do with the band like what do you remember about that kind of run in particular because it's a it's one thing to you know like you say like do like a 25 date run but to literally circumnavigate the entire fucking world and you know play all these places including places that you've never played before like and imagine that would have been like a really full on real, real intense experience something that would really would have tested the metal of, of this band 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, intense is a great word. You know, I mean, yeah. I think there, you know, there's so many incredibly high highs, uh, but you know, it, it was also like something that you know, I think we. You know, there was a lot of pressure to kind of roll with it and like do as much as you could, and obviously all these great opportunities came up, and it was really exciting. Uh, but you know, at the, on the flip side of that was just, I think, you know, it got to the point where you kind of pushed the band to the brink. You know, in our personal relationship, to the yeah, brink, just you know, not sleeping well, not taking care of yourself, mm. and you know, just kind of like going and going and going and going, and sort of, you know, by the end of it, feeling like you're kind of losing your mind a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, I mean, we did need to take a break. Yeah. So. What was it like for you, Brian? I mean, I'm glad that I did it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we were at the right place at the right time with the right record at the right age to yeah. do it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we did it. I'm mm. very proud of that that record and that time. And mm. um, so it's like an experience I'm glad that I had. Mm. I don't think I would want to repeat it again. Yeah. Uh, you know, just thinking back to it, you know, being a few years older, you're sort of like, I'm glad I survived. I'm glad the band survived. Mm. But yeah, it was, a, it was a roller coaster. For yeah, sure. totally. So. What do you remember about the first show back after all those years? I don't know. I mean, it, it felt like playing your first show all over again. Yeah, we haven't sure. performed in a while and... I feel like there was there was a long time where you know when you get away from performing for a long period of time, you start to wonder if you're actually going to perform again, mm, or mm. you start to feel I don't know. You're, you're certainly um, so far removed from it that it feels like starting again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember thinking at those early shows like I just don't really remember how to do this. Like everybody's mm. expecting you to just like kind of be you know like the last time they saw you and yeah and, sure and you don't really remember you know exactly how you move how you play I don't remember where that swagger or that energy comes from like, mm, and, and mm. you know the other thing that happens is you, you you sort of get older your life changes and I, at least I can only speak for myself but yeah. I didn't really feel like the same person as I did back in those days mm. so it kind of felt like I'm not sure how to perform in a way the old like the old me yeah. I'm not really the old me anymore yeah you know and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that I want to perform that way yeah and I'm and I'm I'm quite sure that people do want me to perform that way yeah 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 so there's just a lot of like a lot of uh, a lot of nerves and a lot of uncertainty I think and, yeah 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 and um, I would say after a while we started to um, you know settle back settle back sort of into sort of some happy medium mm. between the two but certainly those first handful of shows there was just a lot of uh, I, I was just happy we got through the first yeah. time and it wasn't a total train wreck yeah totally so. Dave what was it like for you? Um, I don't think it was quite as nerve wracking for me I think I think like as as we spent more time away from the stage I think I feel like I missed it a little more than you did. Like, I think as time got further and further from the stage, I think you were sort of like, I don't know if I want to go back to that world, whereas I was, as you know, more time went on, the more I missed it. So yeah. I think you know, that also goes back to that, like, we'd finished this 
we'd actually played about as many shows on Post Nothing. So we'd done yeah. two records and we'd done 200 and something shows on each one. And yeah. the second one especially, we traveled all around the world and done it. There was definitely a point where, leading up to those early shows, where I felt like I was pretty... I definitely felt like I was... I'd accomplished mm. like mm. what I had... Well, beyond what I had set out to, yeah. to accomplish. And that yeah. there was the desire to perform live and the desire to tour was certainly like like I was basically I was okay with not doing it yeah, yeah I was yeah. like I've, I've, I've done it and done it hard and yeah. done it well so you and guys like, yeah. you know yeah so you so, guys feel like you're kind of touring a bit smarter now than touring harder yeah I mean I think we're trying to mm. we're trying to find that you know <laughs> balance uh, I mean it's easier said than done really. yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> but I think you know I mean it's hard to like fully um Inaccurately remember what it was like in those days. Yeah, um, just because it's, you know, it's just it's a, it's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time ago. And it's a bit of a blur. I mean, I think you know, I think I mean we always took what we did very seriously, but I think we were sort of I think maybe on some level we embraced the like kind of hedonistic yeah. aspects of touring a little bit more than, than we do now. And there was also, I think, like you know, a, a, a way we like battled with like fatigue or nerves or stress was like, you know, drinking until you basically blacked out. Yeah. Know, like, I mean, so, um, you know, that definitely took a toll. And I and it wasn't ever like we didn't take what we were doing seriously. We still wanted to play well, but like the yeah. kind of crutch that we had for playing well was like a lot of alcohol. Um, and I don't. I mean, I'm. Drinking a beer right now, yeah. but like I'm, sipping I'm a not beer. saying I'm, I'm not drinking. I'm, yeah, I'm, look, sipping, look. I'm sipping a beer, you know. I'm not shotgunning a tall boy right yeah. now, you know. Like so, yeah. I haven't, haven't shotgunned a tall boy today. Yeah, I think, exactly. a big, I think a big difference between now and then is I feel like we we always wanted to be a good live band. Yeah, sure. But I don't remember us in all those hundreds of shows on the first record really like making that much of an effort to try and become a better band in some way mm. like we just kind of did our thing and I don't remember like the first week or second week of shows on the Celebration Rock Tour and the last week or two us really doing that much different we yeah. probably were tighter of course because yeah, yeah, we played yeah. a lot of shows but mm. we were doing more or less the we were just being ourselves in yeah, the same sure. kind of way yeah. I feel like this record we've really put a lot more time and energy like certainly this year into yeah. Playing better together, sounding yeah. better, yeah. improving the way we play the songs, mm. like just try to make the live experience even better. That is yeah. sort of something that's ongoing, and I think that that's that's kind of a lot of time and energy has gone into that has replaced a lot of time and energy that we just spent drinking and partying yeah. and not giving a shit in the old days. Yeah, which is a really good thing, you not know. Like we we've, we've we've like especially at home in places like Canada, the U.S., and in Europe, like we're playing much bigger shows than we were. In those days, yeah. So if you know, we've kind of, I think we sort of. It's easier to like rock up on stage with a bottle of Jack Daniels and just go for it when you're playing to like yeah. you know, three to five hundred people instead of like a. So what you're saying is like tonight. Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah, I, I exactly like right tonight without the Jack. Uh, all right. So I think that's sort of like I think there's been a, like I think the music has been more of a focus. Uh, this yeah. record and this touring cycle sure. than in the previous ones. Not to say that it was it didn't matter, but just trying to think about a lot more about the show and the music yeah. and the songs yeah. and how to make them better. And like I said, you'll like someone who sees us every six months on this tour mm-hmm. 
we'll hopefully see that kind of growth. I, yeah. I like to think. Yeah. Um, whereas I, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily use the term growth to describe <laughs> yeah. the evolution of those, those early tours. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I guess we'll see, won't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests, Japan Droids, it is now your turn. I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played. Best and worst shows we've ever played. I mean, it's hard to say what the best show is because I don't know if you, do you mean like performance or do you mean like our favorite? Like just yeah, it can, it can be anything. Like you, it doesn't have to be from a technical standpoint. It can just be one where you're just like, that's the like the most enjoyable experience I've ever had playing a show. Any anything like that. I thought the Sal Apollo show this year was pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. We played a. Um, we played a. Um, a. Um, and we played Primavera. Yeah, in yeah, Barcelona, yeah. Sure. And then we played an after party uh, the day after the festival ended with um, two other great bands, Shellac. And uh, Sleaford Bonds. Holy shit, so yeah. I fucking love Sleaford at a, at a At a club around the same size as a, a factory beer. Yeah, right, 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 right. Wow. In Barcelona. And there was just kind shit. of like an incredible energy in the room. People were very excited. Um, you know, we, we just played Primavera the night before, so we were all in just kind of great spirits. And wow, yeah. I don't know, it's just one of those shows where it just seems like the energy of the crowd was so overwhelming that it just the energy in the band you know we were trying to keep up with them and there was just a great like you know symbiotic thing happening between mm. that audience and and, uh, and the band and it was just a really fun I think we all got off stage just thinking like wow that was yeah. really yeah, fucking was special awesome. yeah and, um, that one stands out yeah for I sure think, like maybe my maybe my favorite show that I, I can think of um is uh, the very last show of our North American tour for, for the latest record we did. Yeah, right. Um, the very last show of the tour we played in Vancouver, we played the Commodore Ballroom, which was oh, okay. this, like, it's kind of like the, it's like a little bit bigger than the factory, but it's like this really beautiful uh, ballroom, and I, I've probably seen, like, at least a hundred shows there, you know, maybe more. You know, some of my favorite bands have played that mm-hmm. stage, and it's like, it's the spot that, you know, has been there for a long, long time that I've seen a million bands play on. Heroes have been on that stage. And, you know, we just done this big tour, you know, on this, on, on this, you know, touring the new record, and we were, we had uh, Craig Finn from The Whole Steady was supporting oh, us, his solo project was supporting Amazing. us. Amazing. He came out and, like, sang a cover with us. Um, he did, uh, If You Want Blood, You Got It. Oh, I see. Fucking hell, that's He sang sick. it, and we backed him up. Uh, and there's just like a bunch of moments, you know, and that was like a long tour and everything else. You know, we were both pretty burnt out and it had been like a lot of ups and downs, you know, it's like a really high pressure tour, but coming back to Vancouver and playing for all your friends and it's like this venue that just meant so much to me personally, you know, was just like a really, like a really powerful emotional experience. And the crowd was totally, totally insane too. Like, amazing, it was a great amazing. crowd. Um, that was like a really special Perfect. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, let's, let's bring show. the mood down. Yeah. Worst show. I don't know. What is a worst show? There's so many, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to pick just one. Just do a quick low light reel. <laughs> I really want to draw attention or specifically oh, sure. name anything. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, for all I know, somebody was there and that was like one of their highlights of their year. They had a great time and they yeah. had no idea that anything was wrong with the band. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. 
Oh, I'm sure these, these guys, our crew around here, probably have their own opinions. That would actually, that's actually a great idea. So you could get a little pole. Yeah. I've got, a, I've got a whole hard drive. <laughs> this isn't really about the show, but like, uh, I think like the, the 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 worst negative experience I've ever had. I'm not going to name the city because it's not the city's fault. But yeah. We played a show two years ago, and, and you know. As you know, when I'm playing drums, I kind of look across at Brian, but I sort of get in my field of vision. I can see everybody who's in front of, yeah. you know, right in front of stage. So actually, very close to where you were last night, right, right. in the front row. I can see these two. There's two guys kind of standing side by side, and there. Sometimes you can just kind of pick up on a weird vibe, mm. and uh, the guy, like one guy, was kind of acting aggressively towards another guy, but it almost looked like he had just his arm around him, like they're being buddy buddy and they're being around yeah, him. yeah. But basically, he uh, I, like kind of kept on glancing over while we're playing, and then I saw the guy had put this other guy in like a chokehold, and the guy, this, this kid's like eyes rolled back, and the kid slumped and like hit the ground. It was in the middle of the song, so he just like stopped playing. And Brian didn't know what was going on because he, he couldn't see yeah. what I was seeing, obviously. And then I just, like, called out on the microphone and, uh, you know, it was just like, is that guy okay? Security, you know, go after this dude. Security kind of swoops in. And, like, every, and I think other people in the crowd know what was going on. They're like, yeah, it's that guy, you know, get him out of there. Security chases the guy out. The guy fucks off. He disappears. The kid recovers and he's okay. But it's just like one of those weird moments where you're like, yeah, like wait, how do you come like, this back is our, from that? Like, this yeah. is this is our party. You know mm. what I mean? Like this yeah. is like we're hosting this party. We're ho- like we're hosting this event at the end of the day, and like somebody who came to just like enjoy your music got like hurt. You know, like mm. it was a really weird feeling. Uh, and yeah. that was like halfway through the set, and we had to pl- like we're just like you're not gonna like shortchange you know the whatever 500 people that are there because yeah. of one asshole. So we just kept playing, but I was just like, I don't want to fucking play right now. Yeah. You know, like I was yeah, super totally. bummed out. <clears throat> and then that kid, the kid who had been like attacked or whatever you want to call it, he came up to me after the show and was, you know, and and just like wanted to say, I guess, thanks for the show and and, and thanks for kind of looking out for him or whatever. And he told me it was his first rock concert he'd ever been. He had oh, like no. just he had just turned of age to be able to get into bars to see rock shows. First show, but he had a great time despite everything that happened. Oh, he like I seen. I think I was like more kind of shell shocked than this kid was. Yeah. But, but it was just you know it's just like when I think of like beyond any technical bullshit, like I could care less if like an amp blows or you know something with the drums fall apart. Like yeah. if people have a good time. That's 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 all that really matters. But yeah. like I think that that to me was by far the and I guess I'm taking it to the dark path. But like that by far was the worst experience I've had ever. Yeah, had, absolutely. You know, because it was just like. There's something really wrong with like people coming to see your band play and something like that happening. Yeah, you know, it's fucked. Like, yeah, you feel a certain sense of personal responsibility. Yeah, yeah, that. totally. So, yeah, that's my least favorite moment yeah. probably of being in a band. Yeah, Brian. I mean, there's a lot of shows like that I can think of where it's kind of not anything to do with the band, but something mm. happens in the crowd. Yeah, we had a weird show in Prague where the security was being really oh, rough. Oh yeah. We had a weird show in. Wealth, Ontario, Canada, where security okay. was being really rough up here. That that's kind of like I mean that doesn't happen that often. Yeah. But every once in a while, you know, you're trying to play and you can see some security 
don't know either don't know how to handle the crowd or something like that and it just kind of like you know you end up stopping the show and like it kills the mood and the yeah. vibe of the place um, I'm trying to think if there's like a singular show that like I mean for me there's lots yeah. so <laughs> I, I don't know how to handle it no, no, fair enough. But I mean, that's that's just what touring is, you know. Yeah, sure. As long as the positives are outweighing the negatives. I think you. I think there's like, uh, you know, I'm not sure if there's any band that would tell you where uh, where it's just all the best every single night. Yeah. I mean, the the ones that are the best stand out because it's always kind of up and down and in the middle and in between. So yeah. Uh, that's just touring. That's just touring. <laughs> the album is near to the wild heart of life. It is out now. It'll be out still by the time you hear this. It'll continue to be out uh, for the foreseeable future, I believe. Uh, but, uh, Brian, Dave, thank you very much for doing my podcast. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do. Narvlar. Eh? <laughs> I'm David James Young and all my friends are about this.